I had more support from higher up, I wouldn't be, be so fearful, but I don't. Hey, everybody, I'm Katina McHenry. Thank you so much for joining us on a new episode of Fuck Fear. Today's guest is somebody who I love so much and I'm so excited. <laughs> My sister is joining us today and I am so thrilled. Today, we're gonna be talking about fear of failure. It's something we don't talk enough about. And I think because of social media, we don't see a lot of failure. We see a lot of patching it up and we see a lot of fakeness and we see a lot of um, things that are not authentic. And failure is a part of life. I think what's important is the, the way we get back up. But in the process of failure, we learn a lot of things. My sister is an entrepreneur. She um, owns a cafe called Rockstar Cafe where she serves healthy meals and juices and she has a, bother, a, a bunch of other uh, side hustles, I like to call. Um, but she is amazing. She has spent about seven years in Guatemala as a missionary and um, now she's back in the States and is doing all kinds of mission related work as well as running her very successful business. So Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's so <laughs> great to be here. Yes. Oh, as so, a, yeah, go ahead. As a religious listener to your podcast, it's just great to be in the podcast right now. Yes. <laughs> and so you know, sorry. my sister, you guys, is one of my most faithful listeners. And there are some days where I feel like I'm talking to no one and my sister will text me and say, I'm getting ready to download the new episode. So, and I'm like, yeah, somebody's listening. So <laughs> no one else is, she is. And I'm so grateful. So, all right. And, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even uh, tell everybody your name. <laughs> I'm like, I forget. I'm talking to my sister, but I have to tell everybody else who you are. My sister's name is Marika McHenry. I call her Benjamin Button because I feel like and it's something we talked to, we, we joke about all the time is she was born old. At four years old, she got, you guys, she was sitting in the backyard, reading a newspaper upside down. She couldn't read, but she was reading a newspaper with her legs crossed. And my, our grandmother used to always say, she's been here before. And for those of you who know what that means, you know what that means. She, she She's an old soul, but she likes, uh, her. a lot of her friends are um, elderly people. So, and she fits right in with them. So right. I call her Benjamin Button. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get started. I first, as you know very well, I start off every episode, Marika, with asking my guests, what is your greatest fear? I believe my greatest fear at the age that I'm at right now and the season that I'm at right now is dying alone and no one finding me. <gasps> oh, because I'm single with no kids, I'm an introvert, but I have to be an extrovert with the jobs that I portray and, you know, and, and work every day. So when I come home from work, everything shuts down. I might be on the social media internet world, you know, all night, but I'm not really communicating and having like deep conversations with people. It's just surface conversations because I'm relaxing. I'm just kind of unwinding. So no one's really checking on me. I'm the friend in the group that always checks on everyone else. Yes. So my biggest fear right now is choking on something and no one doing the Heimlich maneuver on me 
and I'm dying alone. And who's going to check up on me? How are they going to open my door? Who's going to break in? When will they realize that I'm not there? Yeah. That's my biggest fear right now. Oh, that breaks my yeah. heart. Well, if you lived here, which is where my sister doesn't live in the same state as, as I do, I'd be checking on you, girl. I no. would. I know. Oh, that but it's it's heart. different. It's different when you are getting older. And you know, my attitude was so different in my 20s when I was yeah. single with no kids. I was like, yeah, single, no kids. Woohoo! 30s. Yeah, single, no kids. Woohoo. Now that I'm in my becoming mid-40s, it's like, whoa, I'm not doing the woohoo too much. <laughs> not as loud anyway. It's <laughs> loud. I'm still doing the woohoo, but not as loud. Right. It's not as strong as it used to be because now I'm thinking about, okay, who really is going to wipe my butt <laughs> if I'm sick or unable to wipe it? Right. Who's going to help me? That's a legitimate <laughs> thought because you've done that for so long for so many others. You for took everyone of, else. Yeah. You guys, she took care of our grandmother when she was sick and, and aging and right. she had to do the dirty work that really nobody else wanted to do. Right. So literally and, and figuratively it's dirty work, mm -hmm. but it comes from a different heart when it's someone that you love and right. care about. Right. But right. I don't have that soulmate. So I don't want some CNA coming into my house, you know, scoping out what I have while she wipes my ass. Right. That's not going to, because I know how I've seen it happen before with past people that I've caregiver for. It's just, that's not going to happen. So I've got, I don't have a plan. So that's my biggest fear right now. Not having yeah. a plan for death. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Isn't that weird? It is weird. Also, it's weird that you say yeah. that because I hear you saying that and I, I get it. Like that's the other side of being single that people don't really think about is yes, right. it is wonderful to be single. And there are stats that say people are happier without children. And so, and you're very independent and you're very um, grounded, but at the same time, the other side of being single is that is something real that you actually have to think about and plan for. Like That's if right. something happens, what's going to happen after that? So I get that. that. What's Girl, gonna happen? you said something else I don't believe. You said that you're an introvert. You are yes. not. Yes, what? I am. Yes, what? I am. I've always what? had to be an extrovert because I'm the baby of the family. So I always had to speak louder to get my, my word out and to yeah. let people know, hello, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm so little. I'm a little person. I'm five, two when I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a big voice to be seen and be heard. You have to be strong enough and, and, and confident enough to let people know that, hey, I do have something to say and to get someone's attention. So I've had to be an extrovert. I need to be on. I can be on. Yeah. But I prefer being in my house alone. Really? Doing my own. Why do you think I travel by myself? I know. I know. She does. She travels by herself. Why she goes to I other love, countries. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love living in Guatemala for seven years by myself. Yep. Doing my own thing. Yep. Yeah. I cannot stand being in groups. I can't stand yeah. groups. I hate yep. bachelor parties. I can't stand. <laughs> I do trips. too. I hate the girls trips. I hate 
I hate being in groups of friends where they think we have to be together all the time and they have to have their tribe or they have to have their team or they just always have to just really praise each other to do life. I don't need that. I don't yeah. want it. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's not me. Yep. I don't need it. I get I'm it. Self-motivated. Yeah. Yep. I'm my own cheerleader. I cheer everyone else on. So when that is done at the end of the day, I'm exhausted because yeah. I've given so much out to be that extrovert for everyone else. Yeah. But through heart, I am an introvert and I'm so comfortable at it. Yeah. So comfortable. Yes. Snow days. I, get it. I pray for them. I wanted COVID. <laughs> I was actually praying for COVID so I can have 10 to 14 days off. Stop. No, 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 no. Don't pray to get no, COVID. But the mindset that, no, the, the mindset that I was at in 2020, <laughs> I wanted COVID. <laughs> so you can be left alone. <laughs> right. Because I was still an essential worker. So oh, I didn't get to yeah. skill or stay at home and work from home. No, I was still yeah. out in the forefront, like all the nurses and doctors yeah. feeding everyone, cooking for everyone. Yeah, I want to be at home in my pajamas too. Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, you know it's funny because I think people who know us uh, Mm -hmm. separately, and then people who know us together, and then people who know us as a family would find that hard to believe because we are so. Our family is very outgoing, and all of us siblings are very outgoing. And like when we're in, when we're when we're out of our homes, we are very fun people. So, but right. I totally understand that about that right. side of you. I totally understand. Yeah. Right. So Sunday, I had a really big event. Every time I have a really big catering event or any type of event, I need at least two to three days to just decompress. Yep. To get away from everyone because there was so much hype built up for that particular event, and then executing that event yep. takes so much out of me to yeah. where I just need any time to just be away to process no. what happened, you know, reevaluate what I can do better, assess the situation and move on. But I need that time to just shut down and I will literally shut down. Yeah. Yeah. And I people are like, it. are you okay? Are you like, depressed? Stop fine. asking me. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I would be better if you would not ask. <laughs> <laughs> you need a sign. Don't right. ask me. Just right. leave me the fuck alone. Don't ask me. Right. But I also, but I also have a good, a great fear at failing at what I'm doing at work because, yeah. and it's because I'm surrounded by so many. I'm the minority in the area that that I'm in, and I'm always in the mind. I'm always the token. Always, yeah. it's always been that way. Yep. So. When you're a token, everyone is always ready and, you know, waiting for you to just fail. Yeah. So they would have something to criticize. Exactly. Especially if you're doing well at it. And especially if you came up with that idea first. So they're just waiting for you to just mess up so they can say, oh, we knew it. We knew. Mm -hmm. Of course. Mm -hmm. So there's that pressure of always being so almost near perfect at everything yeah and it's just exhausting just trying to stay relevant and keep up and at that level and at that level yeah we were talking about this recently which is why we're recording this episode around failure because you and I were having this conversation a couple of weeks ago about how exhausted you were 
mm-hmm. not just from the work, but exhausted from uh, keeping up with, with, with this perception that right. you have it all together. You're doing all these things. You're good at all these things. And it is, is exhausting. So let's, let's talk mm-hmm. through that conversation that we were having because it, it made you very emotional and I could totally right. understand that moment that you were having. So talk about that moment that you were having, if you remember. Well, I do remember it because every single, okay, so let's take it. Let's take a meal, for example, because I'm always cooking meals. If one little thing that I miss in a meal goes wrong, that's what everyone hones on in for at least the next two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, she forgot to add the blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But did you not see the seven course meal that we prepared? That was perfect. Right. And I forgot yeah. to add what sprinkles on your dessert. Yeah. You guys, my and sister also does catering. Yeah. My sister also does catering. So that, that's where this piece comes in. She does a lot of stuff, but <laughs> around right. food. Right. All right. Right. <laughs> so for an example, as to, oh, you forgot to add this, you know, a garnish on something that will just crumple my world because it's like, whoa, I spent all this time planning this out, trying to make sure everything was right, making sure all my ducks were in the row. Everyone that's working is doing exactly what they're called to do in their job. And this is what one, it could be one person that can ruin a whole event. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that one person can make that whole snowball of gossip just trickle on down. And everyone's like, right. She didn't add the parsley on top of the chicken parmesan. But they forget the whole event and the whole of what we did to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But then you realize you got your food out on time and it was great, well seasoned. It tastes amazing. And it was hot. And you didn't complain about that, but you forgot your little garnish of parsley. Mm-hmm. Really? So that's the little things that I fear at failing at with my mm-hmm. job, with my, my reputation, because my reputation's on the line with what I do with everything, because I'm a minority in a small town. So when you're bringing something new to a small town and you're a minority, everyone's looking to see, oh, how is she going to mess this up? Or how is she going to make this happen? And if she does make this happen, Will it be a, a success or will it not be a success? And if it's not a success, they just like love it. Mm. Do they you love to see, it's weird to see how people love to see people fail. Mm. Yeah. That's so weird to me. Yeah. Everyone is, there's a lot of people in the mindset of just looking for that negativity to just, you know, crash your world. Oh, well, look at that. Well, look at that. Well, then you know what? Why don't you come run this business? Mm-hmm. Come on, go ahead. Do you, you want to come and manage mm-hmm. these people and run my books and pay my taxes? I, go ahead. Right. Go ahead. You go right. ahead and cook all. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> go, go ahead. So do you, so there, there have a lot of questions. So do you feel like the thought, knowing the, the thought of somebody expecting you to fail is what bothers you most about how you do your job. And if that is, so, so how do you get to that point? How do you tell me about the experience that you've had that has proved it's that thought to be true for you? 
So I've hosted events um, where I haven't been able to attend due to my schedule of being out of the States, traveling internationally. So there have been events that have gone on that didn't go so well because there might have been like one little minor detail that just made everything else kind of just eh, not so smooth. Mm -hmm. So they will make that such an issue. Like, I can't believe you didn't plan better and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, but I thought I, I mean, I, I remember, I remember telling one of my bosses, I've planned A, B, C, D, E. How many letters do I have to go down to keep planning to cover my bases to know that it won't mess up when I'm gone? Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not getting what you're seeing. I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Mm-hmm. I have all these people in place. One little thing messes up and bam, it blows up. Oh, you messed up again. Mm-hmm. Right, you're not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. But then I'm not hearing any complaints from the people who actually attended the event. I'm just right. hearing complaints from one person. Yeah. So that fear in me is so huge because it's just like, oh my goodness, I'm going to fail again. I'm going to, I'm going to plan this out from A to Z, but I know something's going to mess up. So it's like, I just know I'm going to fail. Yeah. So that fear of just even planning event and event, knowing that I'm not going to be there is a huge disaster. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And if I had more support from higher up, I wouldn't be be so fearful, Mm. but I don't. So, you know, you're, you're on your own. No one has your back. Everyone throws you under the rug when you're gone. Yeah. No one, no one is, no one is strong enough to say, oh my goodness, I should have done this. I should have done that. I messed up because of course I'm the boss. So it always back on me, which Mm -hmm. I understand. Mm -hmm. But of course, no one stands up for anything these days. No one, Mm. no. So it just makes everything just 10 times worse. Yeah. So it just exacerbates your fear even more. Oh yes. Did you, how much of it do you feel like is because we're black that people have an expectation and not only that they don't hold others who are not black to the same standard and expectation. All of it. All of it. Explain that. All of it. Not only that I'm black is that I'm black and I'm a woman and Mm -hmm. I'm single. Mm -hmm. So if I were white married and with children, I would not get into as much, you know, discrepancy and arguments as I'm getting into right now. Mm. I'm a single divorced black woman that owns a business and is still doing well and they don't like it. They don't Mm. like it because I have, you know, the confidence of what I'm doing and they can't fight what I'm doing because I know what I'm doing. Yep. I know what I'm doing and I stand my ground and I'm going to admit if I'm wrong, if I messed up, I'm going to say, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. I should have done that. Yes. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I say that I mean it. Yeah. But they're waiting. They're just waiting for us to just mess up and say, we knew it. We knew that was going to happen. We Mm -hmm. knew that was. Yeah. Man, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of anxiety. That's a lot of microaggressions to experience and plan for 
when you Mm -hmm. know if you're working with the same group of people on a regular basis, which you do every week, that that is what they're thinking. And you know, you know, it's what they're thinking because it's in the way they treat you. And it's in the way it's, it's how they make you feel and the way they communicate with you about what you're doing. That's right. That's right. It's so strong. If you know, and communicate is a great word because if we all communicated better, none of these issues would be taking place. Yeah. Probably almost. Yeah. Yeah. None of these issues would take place. Wow. But nothing's communicated. So when things get brought to a head, it's like, well, this is what your team did wrong. Well, maybe you should have told me this at the site of us starting to go wrong. If mm-hmm. you thought we were going wrong, instead of letting us continue to do what we were doing and you didn't like it. And then you wait to the end to tell us that we messed up. So who is yeah. it on? Right. Higher up or us? Right. But is it really messing up? Like in your mind, is it really messing up or is it like that they're looking for points of criticism? Looking for points of criticism. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's yes. That's always the case. That's always the case. Every single time. Wow. How do Mm -hmm. you, how do you like you, like people wouldn't know this because you go home, you decompress, you patch yourself up, you get back up and because what we were taught to do and you bounce back and get and turn right back around and, and go right back in with the good attitude and, and positivity. So how do you deal with that on a regular basis? Knowing that the job that you have is, is how do you, with the job you have, you know what you're walking into every single time. And you know that that fear of failure is always on you. How do you, how do you navigate it? It's hard. It's very hard because it's, it's hard to walk into a building when you know there's no support. Mm-hmm. You just have to, I mean, I have faith. So I just pray. I pray all the time and I have to stick to my faith and know that God's got my back, which he does. And that's the yeah. only way I can get through it. And I just kill him with kindness because if I keep doing what I'm supposed to do and keep staying in my calling and keep my faith strong, then what, what is it? You have nothing on me. You can't do anything. Right. You can't. Yeah. But it kills them when I'm too happy and I don't succumb to their, you know, to their anger or to their attitude or however they're treating me. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, the more I kill them with kindness, the more they kind of back off a little bit. Yeah. But there's always that, there's that underlying, you know, there's that underlying knowledge that we know that we just don't get along. Yeah. We just right. don't get along. Yeah. 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 yeah and that's, Cause I've that's had conversations with several of them. And now, you know, I just do my job and I smile <laughs> and of course you say, thank you. And great. And, you know, people who are not genuine and just want the job done are always going to use the phrases of, I really appreciate you. And I appreciate all that you do, do for us. Thank you so much. You're awesome. I don't need that. Right. I don't need words of affirmation. That's not my love language. I don't need any kind of words of affirmation. I don't need it. Right. Cut to the chase and tell me 
look, this is where you screwed up. This is what I like. This is what I want. Bam. We're good. We're good. Right. And you Don't can take that. Me yeah, yeah, I can take it. I'd rather that than Marika. I love you so much. Your food is so <laughs> awesome. Oh I'm my gosh. Like, shut I the fuck up. You know you're so, lying. <laughs> right. Or if they ask me, you know, less within the two week time span of which they were supposed to re- request their, uh, their job. Um, if they want something for me to cook. Oh my gosh, Marika, you're so amazing. I appreciate you so much. Do you mind whipping out 12 dozen of cookies before Sunday? And it's Friday. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, right. if, if I say no, I'll get reprimanded because I've said no before. Uh-huh. So I have to say yes. And then I have to rearrange everyone else's schedule or look for people who can help and bake 12 dozen of cookies within two days on a Sunday when it's a Friday. Mm-mm. When everyone already you. has plans. Okay? No. You don't have to say yes. You know, I just recorded an episode about protecting your peace and being able to say no and stick to your boundary and say no. So what? They're going to be mad. They're going to fire you for not baking 12 dozen cookies when they know they should have asked you sooner to do it. You don't have to say yes, girl. No, because you're the one running around stressed, mad, angry, and they're not mad. They're off on their boat somewhere on the weekend at the lake but while you're running but around that, but it's not that we're going to get fired it's how they're going to treat us if we say no mm. and i'd rather say yes than be treated like the redheaded stepchild for the next two to three weeks until that wears off yeah sounds like yes. they're doing that anyway though mm-hmm. but milder yeah and then don't give me the hey girl hey hey girl hey Mm-hmm. I know it's late, but I was wondering if you can whip up some, you know, some casserole dishes tomorrow. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Well, we need to yeah. talk offline because you know what I have to say about <laughs> that. It's time for you to bounce. But anyway, we'll, we'll catch so, up on our sister time. <laughs> for the sake of the so podcast. That also, <laughs> but I'll, that also puts more fear in me when we're pressured to do something in a short time span. And if we mess up, right. That's put back on me right. because I'm their boss. So it's not the crew that messed up. It's Marika that messed up. Right. Right. They don't know who else was in that kitchen. Right. Whipping out 12 dozen of cookies, you know, they don't, Girl, but they're setting you up for failure. They're setting you up for failure and you're walking right into it when you say yes. They're asking you to do something extraordinary and enormous in a very short amount of time. And if you can't do it or if you mess up in that process, you have been set up for failure because they haven't given you the opportunity to be successful. That's exactly what that is. You're stepping into what it, what I consider a, tra- a, a trap to 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 cause you failure. And because Mm -hmm. you can perform and perform well under pressure, they lose time and again, because they're trying to, they're trying to get you to fail. So like Mm -hmm. 12 dozen cookies, your ass late on a Friday to have that by Sunday. I mean, that's crazy. And if you say no, okay, you'll get treated poorly for a couple of weeks, but you've also saved your peace and the peace of the people that you have to implore 
uh, uh, employed to, to help you get the job done. Right. They're trying to set you up for failure. Yeah, I see that. So you need to be saying no and keep on moving. <laughs> or, or go to the store and buy the cookies and say, here are your cookies. <laughs> Seriously, that's crazy, Marika, for reals. Right. It's the, so, it's the, it's the people pleasing in me. Girl. Mm-hmm. And, in, and look, real talk. People pleasing is going to aid you. Because right. they don't care. Right. They they don't care. And when they're like lipping and lapping on your cookies on Sunday, right. they don't care about what you had to do or what you went through just to give them that chewy, delicious chocolate chip cookie on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. You need to be protecting right. your own peace, girl. I'm serious. Right. Right. I'm working on that. Okay. I'm working on that. All right. right. Okay. Right. This is the kind of talk we have, you guys, me and my sister. And right. the same for me. Like, girl, uh-uh. No, because I love you so much. You're my sister. Right. So I'm going to be looking right. out for you. And if I need to come down there and have a conversation, I will. <laughs> my dad says, do I need to come down there? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about when you started your business, I imagine, I mean, we're both entrepreneurs and our family, we come from, from a family of entrepreneurs and there is obviously a risk you take by deciding to be an entrepreneur. Some of us, some of us, it's innate and it's in our blood and we just, we just know how to do it. But that doesn't mean that there isn't fear of failing. And I went through the same fears of starting the businesses that I have, um, because it is scary. Like you were starting something that you don't know a lot about. You have to learn before you start and then learn along the way, of course. But the fear of failing in entrepreneurship is very real. So can you talk about that and just starting your, the, your business? Right. Okay. So when I started my business, I didn't have any fear because what I was starting was so new and innovative in this particular area that it grew on it on its own. So Mm -hmm. I was, I've never had a fear about the business failing. Mm -hmm. What I've had the fear of in this business of is the people just speaking poorly Mm -hmm. of what they were experiencing that was so new because they were not educated on the type of food that we were doing and we were changing their guts around. Mm -hmm. So that brings a lot of fear in them as to how their bodies are going to be changing and feeling So we had to do our best to educate them so well. I never had a fear of our business failing because it was so new to this area and everyone was just latching on because they needed change. Mm -hmm. So we were always at peace about what we were doing. And we still are at peace because Mm -hmm. we're still helping people change their lifestyle in the form of, you know, eating and healing their guts. So that was never fearful. fearful. The only thing I feared were the, the, the comments on how their guts were reacting because they were so, they didn't know what to expect, Mm -hmm. you know, how they were going to lose the weight, how they were going to heal their guts. So that was the only thing I feared was them commenting on us online, saying negative Mm -hmm. things about, we don't like this salad or we don't like this wrap, but that never, that only happened once. And one of our followers, you know, really like attacked him. So that shut it down. Mm -hmm. So that was the only thing I feared, but the fear of failing at our business, that was never, that was never a thought that never came about. Yeah. Ever. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's because good. it was so new 
we're still the only ones doing full vegan. No one, you know, everyone's copying. More businesses are copying our menu now, which is great. But the only thing, yeah, the only thing I feared about the business was the comments. Yeah, yeah. the comments. Yeah. Because people are saying, you're in a meat and potato state. You're never going to, you're never going to last. You're never going to last. Yeah. Two people tell me. Yeah. Two people tell me. Yeah. And we're still here. Yeah. How many years yeah, later? How many? Five years? Six years. How long has it been? We're going on six. Six years. Yeah. Six. That's awesome. I'm yeah. so proud of you. Yeah. I'm Thank so you. proud of you and what you're doing and how you have helped to heal people with food and and bring people back to, you know, eating off of the land, so to speak. Right. Because uh, everything we need is provided. And uh, That's so right. I'm so uh, I'm so proud of you. Right. Do you so just the concept of failure? I think um, it, it's it it used to be, and I don't know that it is as as much anymore. This idea of failure being so scary, because I think you know when you take uh, MBA classes or lots of workshops to talk about failure, um, and, and you look to people who you look up to or admire, like whatever celebrities or you know people you follow, and see that everybody has had failure in their lives and, and everybody is human, whether it's failure in a relationship, a business, um, whatever. I, I know there's this, oh, who was that? Not Bill Gates, but some other serial entrepreneur who said, oh, maybe it was Mark Cuban who said that when he thinks about investing in companies, he doesn't take on anybody who hasn't failed at a business at least once or twice. And so I think the idea of failure is, you know, it's, there's negative and positive connotations about it, but what do, do, do you, how do you feel about um, just around the negativity around failure? Uh, and then we'll talk about it, the positivity about a failure. It, it makes me like go up into like a cocoon and never want to come out. That, that's when my introvert side just like, really just expands and oh I can't stand it I don't fear anything about Rockstar Cafe I fear more about my other job and where am I unemployed yeah because of all of the legalities with it and the talk and the hubba bubba that comes with it yeah with Rockstar Cafe that's my own personal brand that I birthed yeah. So if anything goes wrong, it's my personal fault. Yeah. Okay. Because I should have controlled it. It's my baby. Yeah. With this other job, I treat it as my stepchild <laughs> because it is. Yeah. I try to treat it as my, you know, my firstborn, but it's not. And I think it's because they don't treat me as their firstborn. I don't mm. treat it as Born. Mm-hmm. So that fear is just underneath. So anything I do, whether I do it outside of that particular job, I always feel like I'm being watched yeah, like crazy because of course I'm representing someone else, which I understand, but they make it seem like I'm like this hoodlum or heathen mm-hmm. that's representing them and I'm not, you know, so that's the fear that I have with them. Mm-hmm. that oh my gosh if I step outside of what they want me to do I'm gonna get fired they're gonna say something mm-hmm. so I think that's probably my biggest fear yeah, yeah. I fear nothing about Rockstar Cafe 
I feel great about that. Yeah. So comfortable about that. Yeah. So at peace. Yeah. But with everything else, like I have to walk on eggshells. I can't be Marika 100% mm. because if I am, you know, other people don't have thick enough skin and they get so offended by how I approach them or um, they, they think I'm the angry black woman mm. or, Girl. yeah, or you just can't, you can't approach them uh. because they're scared. They're scared right. at being told the facts and the truth. Mm-hmm. Can't handle so, the truth. No, they can't handle the truth. And so you have to really tiptoe around everything because the one time that I spoke my truth, it was like months before half the staff started treating me with respect. Mm. It was horrible. You're describing a toxic environment, and I'm sure others would agree. And hearing you describe your, um, the morale, not the morale, the climate in your workplace, it is that is parallel to a toxic environment. Yes. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Stay with us, everybody. Single socks are so annoying, aren't they? Especially when you're sure you put two socks together in the wash, only to find one of them has pieced out somewhere in between the washing and drying cycle. But your problems are now solved with Soulmate Socks. They are magnetic socks that stay together in the laundry so you're never left with lost and single socks. Knitted from bamboo, they are the softest socks you'll have in your drawer. They're antifungal, antimicrobial, and they're breathable. So when you need your socks to stay together, grab a pair of Soulmate Socks, where every sock has a soulmate. Shop online today at soulmatesocks.com. That's S-O-L-E-M-A-T-E-S-O-X.com. So before the break, we were talking about the positive uh, sides. I'm sorry, the negative sides of failure. What do you think some of the positive aspects of failure from, from just your experience and your perspective? Oh, definitely learning from your mistakes and mm-hmm. learning how you can just achieve and make everything way better because I already have and set high expectations for my worth, my work and my worth and how I want people to perceive and experience our events and whatever I'm involved in. Mm -hmm. So the positive is just making everything so much better. If you said I was wrong in this area, I want to make it a hundred times better. I want to blow your socks off next time you have to experience that part with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's always, Mm -hmm. I love constructive criticism. I love feedback. So I not only hate negativity, I always invite it because I want to know what I'm doing wrong so I can be great. I don't want to be mediocre. Right. Yeah. So I want to just get better and better and better and better and better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I read somewhere, someone said, it doesn't matter how many times you fall down. What matters is how many times you get back up. So I like, I think of failure in the same way. It's like, it doesn't matter how many times you fail. And it's not really like, I never see failure as failure. I always see it as a lesson. Like, right. so like when I first started out in just entrepreneurship, it did feel like I failed. And even in my relationship, it felt like I failed because I wasn't able to make something work. 
But now that I'm older, well, more mature, I wouldn't say right. older. <laughs> wiser. Like that t- term is relative. Wiser. Um, <laughs> wiser. What? We're wiser. <laughs> I have to put a pinky up. I'm wiser. <laughs> well, now I feel like failure, it's not really failure. It's more of a lesson, uh, a lesson. Right. Um, yeah, it's more of a lesson than it is failure. And, right. and because- one of my neighbors said to me one time, he goes, Katinia, I was like so distraught and I was just having a really hard time. And he said, Katinia, failure is not final. Sometimes right. we feel like when we fail, it's like the end of everything because we work so hard for that thing that we thought we wanted or right. the thing that we were trying to make work and make successful. And it feels like when it doesn't work out, it's over. And he, when he said that to me, I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. Failure is not final and it's not That's really right. failure. It's a lesson. Right. That's yeah. how I see it too. It's a lesson. And as I kind of recall back on different things I've done in life, I know I failed, but I didn't feel like I failed. I just felt like it was a lesson. Like what you just said, like, oh, okay. I just have to make an A next time instead of a C or a B. That's how I see it. Yeah. I've always felt like I've, I've been watched because we were always the family that was a minority, mm-hmm. the ones that were underneath the microscope. So I always, I always had that fear of failing or disappointing yeah. our mm-hmm. parents because the McKinneys were always being watched. And if, you know, we weren't being watched by our parents directly, someone was always coming up to mom and dad after church and saying, oh, that Theo or oh, that Marika, they're such a character. Uh-huh. Listen that to what they do. character is code for they were being right. bad or you, exactly. you should talk to them about something or they should be reprimanded. I right. know, it's like growing up, all the spaces we were in, right we were noticed because one we were black and we were like right. the only black family in the space so right. we stood out because of that and, and not then, only were we the only black family we were the only black family that looked the way we did and that right. came to them in the form that we came to them they weren't yeah. used to that yes they were not just exactly right. dressed with well class. yes yeah. with class exactly and yeah. i remember when we moved to the south and Louisiana, sister, go ahead and say it. Not just the okay. South, but Louisiana. <laughs> well, look, from LA to Louisiana. Right. So you want right. to talk about culture shock? 30 years later, we're still in culture shock. <laughs> right. They didn't even have sidewalks. <laughs> no, we were like, where are the sidewalks? We're the sidewalks. Y'all don't have sidewalks? <laughs> we're the freeways. <laughs> where are we? Where's the traffic? <laughs> Where's the traffic? Where is everyone? Where else? <laughs> why where don't the, we have neighbors we're the people our closest neighbor you guys was like mm, almost a half a mile away right like m- maybe i'm exaggerating that's what he felt You're like exaggerating yeah okay okay I'm, i'll take that i'm exaggerating but but growing up in la where everything is close and neighbors right. are close and everything is close by and then not being able to like hear your neighbor if you yelled right. that was a culture shock so right. yeah i'm exaggerating a little bit right it was more like a quarter mile away but you know <laughs> that's what it felt like <laughs> but getting back to being stuck out and you know the token family <laughs> where is that politically correct to say token these days <laughs> Girl, I don't know. Just say it. I don't know. Somebody will probably matter. have some comment about it. Right. People know what tokenism is. Yes, it's still exactly. it's still a term. 
Right. Um, so my sixth grade teacher, my sixth grade homeroom teacher told mom and dad that my laugh was too loud. Oh, uh-uh. And so I had to relearn how to laugh to fit their volume. Right. Yeah. I remember he said, he told that Marika laughs too loud. Mm-mm. What? Mm-mm. What does that you even laugh mean? too loud? Would you say you that to another child who wasn't black? my joy? Right. Right. You're, You're too loud. Wow. I'm a so loud black away. girl. That was the first time I experienced racism. Mm. We need to do an episode on okay. that. Okay. Right. Yep. And so I was fearful at how I would to express myself. So that year I said, okay, I laughed too loud. I'm going to run for a class representative. And I won. Yes, you did. Yes. Yes, you did. I remember. Yes. Who's laughing loud now? (laughs) Well, at the moment, me and what happened, but (laughs) metaphorically. Right. But, you know, that's not right for people to judge your character like that and your personality. Right. So you had to conform to their liking and being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. places a little fear in you too. Oh, right. Every time you laugh, you're like, oh, oh right. You, oh, think about it. Right. you know, right. I still remember that to today. Wow. And that was what? 30 something years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That is you're crazy. Too loud. You know, those things and those moments have such an impression. And I think that that contributes to fear of failing because of the spaces, you know, things that happen in your childhood that stay with you. And that affects how you go into other spaces. And I think that that contributes to fear and fear of whatever, fill in the blank, particularly today, we're talking about fear of failure, but you do feel like you're always being watched or always under a microscope and you always have to perform to a level that is skewed or different than your own. It's not that it's like not the highest level, but just that you're going to be judged to a different standard. Right. Exactly. That makes you afraid to succeed. And you do feel like you they're waiting for you to fail. Right. So I've mm-hmm. always had to be just above and beyond, try to be above and beyond to please everyone. And mm-hmm. also being in the birth order that I'm in, you always have to try to match everyone else who's succeeding. So you're not left behind. And so people are saying, well, she's the baby. Right. She failed. <laughs> well, it was, it was known for her to fail. Right. She's the baby. Well, of course she's going to fail. Right. You know, so that's exhausting too. So it's easy for me to get burnt out on something because I'm just exhausting all my energy to please everyone to not fail. Yeah. Oh, you know, so it's like, ah! I know I totally get it. You, you know? know, growing up, we were always like, Oh, she's such a brat. She exactly. Rika is the last of six. Yeah. So yeah. And I'm the oldest girl. Yeah. And so of course, um, I think our upbringing was different because of our birth right. order, but I like, I and totally also, did. and there, there's five years in between us. So it's not That's like we right. were sitting down together playing baby dolls. I was playing with Troy and Theo, right. The last three of the set, you know? Yep. And yeah, we we're matchboxing cars and trading cars and GI Joe man, and my Barbie. So, right. Right. And yeah. I was off doing something else. You were mixing oh, no. tapes with your stop. Hey, pause. <laughs> 
doing mixtapes. I <laughs> thought off. I was the shit with my double record. record. I I got a stereo for Christmas one year, you guys, and I thought I was the shit with my. I had a You're double like cassette. A oh, I was DJing. I was like recording double cassettes simultaneously. That was the same year that you won on the radio. Remember? Uh, KJLH. Oh my God. I can't believe I remember that. I won $250. Right. You recalled the songs back in order. Yes. It was. Dad and I talked about that the other day. You did? Yes. Because. Oh my gosh. Something came up on his XM and he said, how do you know that song? He was like, oh, those were the days you guys were sneaking, listening to secular music when Katina won that money off the radio. I was like, yes, it was. It was during those right, days. and remember they he all they almost didn't let me keep the money because they said I wasn't supposed to be listening to the radio. Well, look, we were at home in the summertime, uh, not allowed to go outside. This these were the days when you had to stay inside all day. Your parents went to work, and it was the summertime, and you could not go outside until they got home. So we right, were bored as heck in the house, yeah. and we couldn't turn on the TV either. So all we had was the radio. I was listening to the radio, and they were playing yeah. like the top five songs. And you had to keep track of the songs because then you called in after they played the five songs. And if you could recite the songs in the order, then you could win. And I I happened to win $250. It was like they gave a certain amount for each song. I can't, whatever the math is on that. I don't know. Anyway. um, Yeah. And remember the mom and dad had to like discuss whether or not they were going to let me keep the money because I wasn't supposed to be listening to that Michael Jackson because it was secular. Oh my gosh. We need to have a talk about that because obviously it's still bothering so me. I can't believe- is, I know you're all bitter. <laughs> <laughs> but who kept I'm the money? Really, you're good. I'm, still, I'm in the 40s. I didn't even realize it was still bothering me. Anyway, That's they did so let funny. me keep the money and I, I ended up, oh, I went, so- mom took me shopping, but that is so funny. That is so, so funny. funny. You know, oh I think, goodness. I think, uh, I, you know what, now that we're talking about this particular thing, I think a lot of how we were raised contributes to now our fear of failure because oh, we weren't allowed to fail. And if no, we there was did, no room to fail, there was no room for because failure. First of all, it was, it was going to be too expensive to fail <laughs> because we, <laughs> we went throughout our school years private. We never did yeah, public. We went to private so, school. I mean, yep. there's six kids going through private school. There's no yeah. room to fail, people. We don't right. get a second chance. Right. You get it, you get it right the first time. The first That's time why around. when I discipline mm. or when I train people on the job or when I do life, I don't repeat myself. Mm-hmm. You listen the first time. God gave you two ears and one mouth. Mm. So you shut you up and like dad. listen. You sound like dad. Girl. Girl, you shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> we grown now there should be no problems about you not being able to listen right right okay but there was also no room for okay so there was no room for failure but there was right. also no room for okay a second chance or trying right. it again it was right. just one time and that's it and as right. human sometimes you need like not everybody is yes. that resilient and not everybody can bounce back that quickly so right. there was no room for 
trying it again. You right. get it right the first time and that's it. You sink or swim. And I do believe right. that, yes, that is a good philosophy, sink or swim. And I think that's what has helped us in the industries that we've been in, you right. and entrepreneurship and all the things you've done, me and the news business, uh -huh. like you sink right. or swim, honey, that's it. That's all you get. So right. there was no room. So I think the fear of failing is greater because of how we were raised. That's right. And, but we were also grown with thick skin. Too. Yes. Yes. So, you know, yes. the sarcasm, the teasing. Oh, yeah. All the, the time. And bring it on. getting embarrassed. Bring it on. Getting embarrassed. embarrassed bring it on. Your parents, what is all that? of that. Nothing. That's the generation Nothing. we were raised in. Now right. kids so, are just sensitive. And right. it's like, oh, please. Right. Grab your and so balls. that also aids into helping us to do life. Yeah. You know, you know, with that strong attitude. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So as we end, I mean, we could talk forever and just laugh and reminisce. Okay. We have to do another episode. Okay. But let's do another day. I think okay. um, I would love to know from you, from all of your experience and your past and current experience, what would be your advice to people who are afraid of failure? What are your three main things? Okay. If you were called to do something, you have to do it. Mm -hmm. You can't worry about what if I'm going to fail? No, if you're called to do it, then you're going to do it and you're going to have the right tools to do it. You just have yeah. to trust the journey mm. and enjoy that journey. Mm -hmm. You really have to just trust the journey and enjoy that journey you got to step number two step outside that comfort zone because you know mm -hmm. it's so comfortable to be complacent yep. it's so comfortable you don't have to stretch and grow yep. you can just do the same old thing oh it's so comfortable but when you stretch and grow it hurts because yeah. growing hurts you're stretching your body out you're stretching your your um your mind out so it's gonna hurt you're gonna put more hours into something that you didn't want to put more hours in, cut back on the things that you don't need, which were comfortable. Yep. So you've got to come outside that comfortable box. Growing comfortable pace. circle. Yeah. yeah. And just grow. And mm -hmm. number three, you just have to really have peace about it mm -hmm. and not be worried about failing. You got to have peace because mm -hmm. if you don't have peace, you're going to operate with this ex um, anxiety. Yep. And then you'll like burn yourself out because you won't know how to breathe and will not have how to sleep and will know how to balance your life. So you have to really just ah, rest yeah. and it's going to be okay. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, who's dying? Right. Who's going right. to die from you this are. idea? Mm. No one. You're right. the only person that's going to kill yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That mm -hmm. is so good. This, th those are really good points. Oh, thank you so much, Marika. Marika. <laughs> Marika. Marika. <laughs> Benjamin Button. I yes. love you so much. I love you um, too. Thank you Thanks so for much having for me. Yes. Yes. Oh, this, of course. this is how we talk all the time. Yes. Guys, when we're not recording, this is us on the phone. We have some we, ha we have some gossiping to do. So I'm about to end this real right. quick so we can get to that. No, just kidding. Right. And then I also <laughs> have the fear of like being single forever too there's so much there's so many things oh. that i'm fearful of right now yes, yes. okay COVID so really like sprung it up yes i know covid just like made things yeah. float to the surface it really so did. there's another episode that i i think i want you to be a part of that i recorded which is fear of dating again 
after 40, that is a real thing. So that yes. is coming, you guys. Um, and it is going to be interesting talking about this because both my sister and I are divorced. And yes. I know there are a lot of people out there that yes. are that listen on a regular basis that are also divorced. And so it is going to be a really good conversation about the right. fear of dating again, and particularly dating after 40, because there is right. a whole new element now. Well, uh, yes. yeah, that that's and I'm an online dater right now. You're an online I'm an active, okay. I'm an active right. online dater right now. So I have so many stories. Okay. All right. We will talk Oh my about goodness. That. And I'm on several app. apps. Girl. Okay. All right. We will talk about that. So for now, thank you so much for listening, you guys. We have been talking about fear of failure with my sister. Make sure you pay attention to other episodes coming up. We will be talking about a fear of dating again. So make sure you pay attention to those episodes. And in the meantime, be sure to shop the boutique. We have tons of amazing finds in the boutique, earrings, bracelets, jewelry, all kinds of swag and merch. So make sure you hop into the store and pick up something that will help you be brave every single day. Go to katenya.com, C-A-T-E-N-Y-A. That's C-A-T-E-N-Y-A.com. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time on another episode of Fuck Fear. Have a great day, everybody. Coming up on a new episode of Fuck Fear. This new episode gives me the chance to expose one of my vulnerabilities when it comes to fear. I talk for a bit about taking a leap of faith and my fear to do so. If you're in that space at this moment and you have been thinking about taking a leap of faith or you're planning to, don't do it before you listen to this episode. I think we need to do it together. So let's hold hands <laughs> and take the jump. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. If you feel led, I'd love for you to write a review, check out other episodes, and as always, thank you for listening.